There was no corruption in him, and he served faithfully in exile. His name is Daniel, and he lived about 600 years before the life of Jesus, or before Jesus came to earth. And we learn some things about what happened to Daniel while he was serving under his ungodly kings. We're going to watch a short video that's produced by a nonprofit organization called Spoken Gospel. I would encourage you to go online and watch some of their videos. But we're going to watch half of the video for Daniel. The king 
was driven mad by a dream no one could interpret accurately. But God's control made it so this unknown mystery was seen by Daniel clearly. Daniel's friends were thrown into a furnace for not bowing to the king's golden image, but God's control made it so not even their clothes were singed by the universe. As King Nebuchadnezzar's power increased, he became proud and boasted of his strength, but God's control made it so the king became like a wild beast to show that God is truly over every empire's highest seat. The king's son threw a feast and drank wine from Israel's holy objects which Nebuchadnezzar had seized, but God's control made it so the writing on the wall which only Daniel could read spoke of this king's downfall by the Persians and the Medes. And finally, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den for praying to God when it was forbidden. But God's control made it so the lion's hunger was overridden. Their mouths were shut to show that no matter the power, kingdom, or position, God has full dominion. Most of them had had the kind of power where 
their word was the law. One was killed in battle, two were taken into captivity, three assassinated the king before them so they could become king. So you can see that in his lifetime, Daniel experienced a lot of political unrest and upheaval. And all around him, um, it looked like things were not going well. And yet Daniel did not fear. He did not despair. He did not rebel against the kings. Instead, he lived his life with purpose, conviction, and with great influence on these administrations. He was able to do this because he had a right view of God. He had a right view of God as the supreme, ultimate ruler over mere human kings and human rulers. In Daniel 2, verse 19 to 21, this is what Daniel says. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to discerning. When King Nebuchadnezzar uh, had a dream, he, he in this dream, he heard a voice. And this is what the voice said, because King Nebuchadnezzar, who ruled for more than 40 years, was the most powerful and vicious uh, ruler of the world during that time. And this is what God said to King Nebuchadnezzar. The Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the loneliest so, what is a sovereign? You and I don't know about sovereign because we have presidents here in the United States. But a sovereign is a ruler who has supreme or ultimate power. The supreme and ultimate power is known as the ruler's sovereignty. And we say that God has sovereignty. We are saying that he has supreme power. Here is what God himself says about his sovereignty. Speaking through the prophet Isaiah, this is what God said in Isaiah 46, verse 9 through 10. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Let me say that again. My purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. God's sovereignty means he can do whatever he wants to do and nothing and no one can stop him. Daniel understood this and Daniel believed, regardless of who was on the throne, Daniel's first allegiance was to God, 
who is the true king of kings. And Daniel's trust was in God alone, not in the power of the human king. So pastor and theologian John Piper says it this way about God's sovereignty. Piper says, God has the rightful authority, freedom, wisdom, and power to bring about everything he intends to happen. And therefore, everything he intends to happen, happens. Whatever comes about, he intended to come about. Let me say that again, just part of it. That God has the rightful authority, freedom, wisdom, and power to bring about everything that He intends to have. So, let me ask you what would it look like in your life if you believed in God's sovereignty? What if you believed that, despite what it looks like, God is in control? What would it look like in your life if you believed in God's sovereignty? We're going to come back to that at the end, because that's going to be our, our large group sharing. So keep that in mind as, as we look at Daniel's life. We're going to look at what it looks like in Daniel's life to believe in God's sovereignty. We see that first, Daniel trusted God with unwavering faith. Daniel trusted God with unwavering faith. Now, Daniel was very gifted. He quickly rose to high positions when he was taken into captivity into Babylon. And he became invaluable to the kings that he served. But Daniel was never prideful. He was never arrogant, and he was never self-reliant. He knew, understood, and trusted that it was God who gave him all that wisdom and understanding. Particularly when he had the ability to interpret dreams, he knew that all of that came from God himself. When Daniel was faced with imminent execution along with his three friends and all the rest of the uh, king's administrators, Daniel asked the king to give him a little more time so that he could pray and ask God to give him the interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He trusted God to reveal this mystery and to ultimately save him and his friends and the other administrators. Here's what we see in Daniel 2, 18-19. Daniel went home, and then he urged them, his friends, to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel Vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Daniel trusted God to give him all that he needed. How about you and me? How about you? How about me? I think that many of us would say that, hey, yes, 
I trust God. But then our faith wavers depending on our circumstances. If things are going well and you feel competent, if you feel confident, it doesn't seem as much like you need God. And you might even think that all the good things you have in your life, all the power, the brain, the whatever you have, you might even think that you did it, that it was all about However, when you get stuck or when you feel like you have no more options, then you might turn and ask God for help. Or you might feel comfortable and secure when the economy is going well and you have a job and financially you're doing okay. But then there's an economic uh, downturn or there's a financial threat. And it's during those times where you and I can easily fall prey to fear and anxiety and panic. So what would our lives look like if we trusted God with unwavering faith and believed that despite what it looks like, God is in control? The second way that Daniel showed that he believed in God's sovereignty is that Daniel lived out his faith with integrity before God and before others. Daniel lived out his faith with integrity before God and before others. Now, no matter what happened to Daniel, no matter what high position he was elevated to, Daniel did not compromise his religious convictions and his obedience to God. His character and his service did not change depending on who was on the throne at that time. We see that as a young man being trained in the palace of King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel respectfully asked permission to not eat the meat and drink the wine from the king's table. When the king commanded him to interpret a dream or a writing on the wall, Daniel always gave credit to God for the intelligence, the knowledge, the insight, and the interpretation. And Daniel regularly spent time praying to God and that did not change no matter what the king said. While he was being faithful and obedient to God, he did not hide any of that from the kings that he served or the other people that he served with. For example, King Darius, who was king during uh, Daniel's um when he was much older, King Darius called him servant of the living God. And King Darius said that he knew that Daniel served God continually. And this is a really important point because we see that Daniel's faithfulness to God did not detract from his faithful service to the kings that he served. He was able to be respectful, effective, and prosperous, working faithfully and diligently 
under all these different ungodly kings. In fact, we see towards the end of Daniel's life, as a much older man, we see in Daniel 6, here's what we are told. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps, satraps are like governors, by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law against God. So basically they were like, he, I got nothing on him. He's, he's doing everything right. We can't find anything that he's doing wrong. And so they concocted a plan to trap Daniel. They knew that if and only when the king's laws contradicted Daniel's God's laws, would Daniel break the king's law. They knew that they had to find a way where they would ask or make Daniel disobey God, and Daniel will not. Okay? So this is what they said. Hey, king, for the next 30 days, let's make a law that Everyone who prays can only pray to you. They cannot pray to anyone else. Just for the next 30 days. Daniel only had to stop praying for 30 days. Like, that's not very long, right? But here's what we see happening. As when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem, three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. Daniel was like, hey, I will not pray to the king. I can only pray to my God. And I pray to God every day. In fact, three times a day. And so these Jealous, scheming men knew that, and so they went to Daniel's house, and they caught him in the act of praying to God. And so, as much as the king didn't want to, he had to punish Daniel for breaking that law, and he threw Daniel into the lion's den. And then we know that God showed up. Despite what it looks like, God is in control. And Daniel spent a peaceful night sleeping in the lion's den. So with all the challenges that have come with COVID-19, with civil unrest, and this tumultuous election season, I know that you and I are trying our very best. So how do we approach distance learning, distance working, Mask wearing, social distancing, all of these things.
with character and integrity? How do we dialogue, march or protest, engage on social media, and even vote with character and integrity? What would our lives look like if we lived out our faith with integrity before God and before others? And believed that despite what it looks like, God is in control. The third way that Daniel showed that he believed God's sovereignty is this. Daniel prayed in every situation. Daniel prayed in every situation. The book of Daniel chronicles some of the events in Daniel's 70 plus years in exile in Babylon. Some of the events were dramatic, like being saved from the mouths of the lions. But most of his days, I bet, were pretty normal and filled with regular things, the stuff of everyday life. What we do know, though, is that the most common occurrence in Daniel's life is that he prayed. He had a habit or a practice of praying three times each day, whether it was a good day, a bad day, a bad hair day, a stressful day, a joyful day, a hectic day, hectic day, an almost got killed day, regardless of the day, he prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had always done. In his recorded prayers, we see Daniel giving thanks to God, pleading for wisdom and insight and interpretation of dreams and visions. We see him asking for mercy and salvation for uh, his life and his friends' lives. We see him confessing the sins of his ancestors. We see him pleading God for mercy upon his people and for the restoration of Jerusalem. Earlier I said that Daniel's faithfulness to God did not detract from his faithful service to the kings that he served. I want to clarify that. I believe that it was because of Daniel's faithfulness to God that resulted in his faithful and fruitful service to these heathen kings. Every day, Daniel kneeled before God in prayer because he needed wisdom, patience, guidance, kindness, grace, and courage in order to be able to serve the kings that he served under. In order to remain respectful, faithful, diligent and effective in his service. When the political situations got more heated and dangerous than usual, Daniel continued to pray as he had always done. Now, while Daniel and his fellow Jews were in exile, God sent a message through the prophet Jeremiah. He actually sent a letter 
to the people in exile. And this is what the letter said. And Jeremiah said, this is what God says to you. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Jeremiah 29, 7. We should, we can and we should pray for our leaders because every one of them needs wisdom, guidance, skills, and integrity in leading We can and we should pray for peace and prosperity for our cities, states, and nation because our world is complex and there's a lot of stress. We can and should pray for the outcome of elections because justice, power, and our welfare are at stake. To pray is to admit our complete reliance on God. Let me say that again. To pray is to admit our complete reliance on God and to acknowledge His sovereignty over every area of our lives. That's, I just have to say that again. This is so important. Why do we pray? To pray is to admit our complete reliance on God and to acknowledge His sovereignty over every area of our lives. You and I, we pray because we believe that the one we are praying to is both able, which means he can, and willing, which means he wants to, to do what we ask. So as we approach November 3rd, which is not that far away, many of us are probably filled with anxiety and fear. Some of us are experiencing emotions of anger and self-righteous indignation. Some of us are filled with embarrassment and a sense of hopelessness. But pretty much all of us are waiting with bated breath to see what's going to happen on November 3rd. Friends, let me ask you, what would our lives look like if we prayed in every situation and believed that despite what it looks like, God is in control. What would our lives look like if we prayed in every situation, including these tumultuous election times, and believe that despite what it looks like, God is in control? So in conclusion, let me remind us how Daniel lived out believing God's sovereignty. Because of God's sovereignty, we can trust God with unwavering faith. Because of God's sovereignty, we can live out our faith with integrity before God and before others. And because of God's sovereignty, we can pray in every situation. 
So, because of God's sovereignty, you and I can avoid the election infection of doom and gloom. And you and I can have peace of mind and joy in life, regardless of what happens on November 3. Despite what it looks like, God is in control. Despite what it looks like, God is in control. Pray with me. Sovereign God, Sovereign God, you have ultimate authority, power, dominion. No plan of yours can be stopped. So Lord, we want to rest in that. We thank you for Daniel and his witness. We thank you for his example of how to trust in you no matter what happens. Lord, show us your sovereignty. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our coming King. Amen.